What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And that was pretty bad. Um, the Wizards just lost to the Hornets 119 to 197. And the game honestly wasn't actually that close. Um, so it only ended up being a 22-point loss for the Wizards. Um, at one point, I think it was 29 points in the fourth quarter. And heading into um, halftime, it was a 17-point game. Uh, after the third quarter, it was a 29-point game. So like that game wasn't really close at all for a majority of it. I think the Wizards, the Hornets went on like a 23-5 to run. Um, in like a five minute span from like eight minutes in the second quarter to three minutes in the second quarter. And after that, the game just basically wasn't close, uh, which is pretty bad. The Wizards, <laughs> here's a fun fact the Wizards were favored in that game by one and a half points, and the over under was 238, oh, which actually didn't hit. That's interesting. Okay, so, um, just to get back to the whole big picture type stuff, uh, the Hornets are 10 and 13 on the season, their point differential is minus 2.9 which isn't very good. Um, like, this is not a world-beater team. Like, at least when the Wizards got beat pretty badly last game by the Heat, I kind of lit into them. And then, um, but, like, the Heat are actually, like, a legitimately pretty good basketball team. Uh, the Hornets, you can't really say that about. Like, they're fun. Uh, they play hard. They play fast. But they're they're not very good. They're not a playoff-caliber team. Um, so the Hornets coming into this game with 21st in offense and 19th in defense. Um, oh, I have to look at, so actually pretty surprisingly, um, the overall offensive rating for the Hornets only in the 69th percentile at 118.2, which part of that, or not just part of that, a lot of that is because, um, it was garbage time for literally half the game. So 
I wonder what that was at halftime, but I don't have those numbers, unfortunately. But yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Um, the Wizards were in the 10th percentile in offensive rating at 96. Six percentile in effective field goal percentage at 43.3. It's just not going to win games like that. Like, the Wizards' offense is really, really bad right now. Um, I was kind of just thinking about this earlier, like, during the game. Like, how are they scoring so well at the beginning of the season? Like, they were never, like, a top 10 offense, but they were... I think they were. They were top eight for the first week or two of the season, I guess. Like, is Bryant really just a thing that pushes them from one of the worst offenses to one of the best offenses? I don't really know about that. Um, I think it's more about just schematically teams have kind of figured out how to play Beal better. But the Hornets also were um, only 50.5% in terms of effective field goal percentage, which is 30th percentile. Um, but they got a ton of offensive rebounds. They didn't turn the ball over, and they got the line a decent amount. So that's you know that's pretty much going to do it with them. Um, in terms of uh, shooting frequency... Or, no, actually, I'll talk about, um, I want to go through the box score, but I don't know why the ESPN one isn't working. Okay, so I'll go through the NBA.com. Um, so, NBA.com is harder to read, though. It's not fun. Um, Beal had 31 points, another great night for him. Well, you know, not great, but pretty good. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, great for most people. Uh, very good for Beal. Um, 31 points, 6-6 uh, six six at the line, 3-9 from 3, and 11 from 22 from the field. And that's about it in terms of Wizards good box score performances just looking at it i guess robin lopez at 14 points six for 12 on the field um two or four at the line so 14 points on 14 shooting possessions like <laughs> i don't know what else to even look at here um so in turn for the hornets a uh, much nicer look at rogier had 26 points five for nine from three um nine to 14 from the field gordon hayward at 25 points eight for 16 from the field um seven to ten at the line Cody Zeller had that, like he had like the first seven points of the game for the Hornets. Uh, he ended up with only sixteen, uh, six and nine from the field. Um, I, I do have to talk about Lamelo Ball. Obviously, nineteen points, um, five assists, seven rebounds, seven of seventeen from the field. Not his group like best game, but you know whatever. He's a rookie. Uh, he's going to be inconsistent. That's just how rookies work. And that's pretty much it in terms of interesting guys on the Hornets. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, that was really bad. I, just to go through the Wizards shot chart a little bit, they were 16 of 35 in the restricted area, um, which is solid. Like, it's it's good to get there that many times, but to not finish, like, to finish that poorly there is not very good. Um, that's 45.7%. League average, 626 so that's giving up a lot. Um, they didn't shoot the ball well from three either. Six of 30 from above the break, which is 20%, which is bad. Like, that's only 0.6 points per shot. That's that's really bad. Um, I'll get into that in a second. Uh, Hornets shot 13 of 28 from above the break, um, which is 46.4%, which I'm going to say, I, it feels like I say this every episode, but that is a ridiculously high number, and you cannot possibly expect any team to shoot that just like normally. Um, the number I keep bringing up is Steph Curry shot 45.9%, I think. It's either 45.9 or 46.9. I think it's 45.9 um, on wide open threes in his MVP season. Um, so <laughs> like, that's like the best shooter ever at his peak or not in his unanimous MVP season, I meant to say. So the best shooter ever in his peak isn't shooting that percentage that the Hornets shot tonight from above the break threes. So, you know, you can't really put all that blame on the Wizards, but there are schematic things as to why they kind of got so many good looks. Um, eight for 38 in the restricted area, which isn't very good for them. And yeah, I mean, like they they weren't world beating offense. Like I read off the numbers. Um, actually, I want to see their free throw numbers. So at, at the free throw line, the Wizards actually got there 28 times, made 20, which is pretty good. The Hornets only got there 26 times, and they made 20, which is also pretty good. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Oh, I also want to look at rebounding. Um, 
Hornets had 18 offensive rebounds. Wizards had 12. Yeah, okay. So I guess what I do have to talk about, well, I, I want to talk about positives first. Bradley Beal had 31 points. Um, he played well. <laughs> I mean, so what the Wizards used to do, they used to run tons of just like ball screens, off ball screens for Beal, but teams have just, they figured out how to guard that really well just because like they kind of look around at personnel and said, hey, Bradley Beal's out here with Rui, Avdia, Westbrook, and Lopez, and none of those guys can shoot, so we can send everyone at Beal. It's like on the catch. Like, so they used to run a ton of um, like double pin downs, like stagger, whatever you want to call them, um, for Beal just to come off and get pretty solid looks all the time. And now teams, like, when he catches the ball off those, like, staggered double pin downs, um, there's just two guys on him. Like, he can't really do anything. Um, anytime he comes off any ball screen and has the ball in his hands, like, a step afterwards, he's going to get blitzed. Like, every team has figured out that's how you do it. Um, they've done that in the last, like, three or four opponents that he's played against, like, pretty, pretty heavily. And, like, part of the Hornets kind of run, like, a more aggressive help scheme. But, like, every team has been doing that. Um, and... Like, I, Bradley Beal is clearly getting visibly frustrated. And, he, like, understandably, like, he has no space to work with out there. It's really, really painful to watch. I feel really bad for him. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know what else to say. Um, Like, every single time the Wizards run a ball screen, it's just, like, he gets blitzed and he has nowhere to go. Um, So, actually, what the Wizards started doing at the very beginning of this game was they had Alex Len in the short role, who actually, like, he's not terrible. Um, Actually, I want to look up some of his numbers in terms of assist percentage, but um, he actually, like, he can make some decent reads. Like, if he feels someone helping over from the weak side, he can, like, make that pass quickly over to the weak side, who's going to be wide open, um, because a lot of the Wizards ball screens have a single, um, a, one guy on the weak side, so it's like a single tag for the defense. So it makes it easier for Alex Lund to make the read, like, obviously, but um, he does a good job of just seeing it. Oh, I did not, his, I did not, oh, wait, no, that's from, okay, wait, I'm confused. Okay, so... <laughs> I guess his last full season where he played a lot of games, his assist rate was in the 58th percentile. Um, but for the Wizards, it's in the 80th percentile, which is awesome. I guess he's not as good as a passer as I think he's been, or I think he is, and just watching him for eight games. But I don't know. He seems pretty competent to me uh, so far. Uh, maybe that'll uh, regress back to the mean, but we'll see. Um, so he looked good in like the first five minutes, but he... Wasn't very good after that, just defensively, um, in terms of like just positioning. Like it's not all on him. Uh, the announcers are kind of getting on him and stuff that like wasn't his fault. Some of it's like scheme wise. Like don't you can't worry about Cody Zeller shooting threes. Like he made that first three, and then like the Wizards almost were guarding him occasionally. Like Zeller's made zero threes this season. Last season on wide open threes, he made twenty six point seven percent. Like you don't need to guard him. If he shoots a three, that's a huge win for your defense on any given possession. Just because he made one in his first shot of the game, a one shot sample is not enough to think that some guy is different than he's been the whole entire like entirety of his career. So you can't just shift your scheme because someone makes their first shot. You just got to stick with what you're doing. And so like Len got burned on one like pick and pop from Cody Zeller where it was either. I think it was Terry Rozier had the ball. Um, it was just a simple pick and pop. Uh, Rozier just waltzed over and scored a layup. But also, the Wizards' weak side, weak side help is just got awful. Like, I think, like, at a certain point, is it, like, a player thing or, is it, like, or a coaching thing? Um, I just want to say, like, I love Beal. I think Beal's awesome. But his weak side defense is, like, just terrible. Like, his off-ball defense is so god-awful. Like, he's, he's terrible as a weak side defender. He never helps. He's never in the right position. Um so, yeah, that's kind of why he's not really a top 15 guy in the league. Obviously, like, 
his off-ball defense is just terrible. It kind of kills, like, it gives the other team open layups. It kills the defense sometimes. And that's kind of what you're going to have to do in terms of, like, give and take with Bradley Beal. Obviously, like, I'm not going to, like, really, really get um, upset with him because he gives back so much more offensively. Or he he's so much better offensively than, like, he's bad defensively, if that makes sense. Um, and his, his usage rate this year is through the roof. It's at 39 or 35.9%. Um, in the 90th percentile in the league, like you can't really expect someone who's has the ball that much to be really, really contributing on the defensive end unless he's like some insane like Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James type of like in his prime type of guy. Um, so I mean, obviously it's understandable, but like he's part of the reason why the Wizards' defense is so terrible. Um, yeah, so uh, like even like Denny Avdia, like Rui Hachimura is really bad in weak side help. Um, Ish Smith actually isn't terrible in terms of just knowing where to be, but. He's just so small, it's hard for him to contest someone when he uh, rotates over. Um, but he's honestly like one of the Wizards' best guys in terms of helping from the weak side. I don't even know. Who, like Mo Wagner is just so, so bad in terms of like defensive IQ. Like his defensive IQ is really bad. Like he'll be, he'll be literally like, one, there's so many times where he's one step away from being in perfect help position because he's guarding like, he's guarding bigs like Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, And even like at the very end of the game, Nick Richards, who can't shoot so he'll be literally standing like their guys his man will be like in the dunker spot one step away from him being in perfect help position and he doesn't take that step and the other team gets just a wide open layup and those are really frustrating like those are the ones that like you need like Alex Len and Robin Lopez just to like have any sort of a you know smidget of knowledge of basketball or just of help defense because that you can't let off wide open layups you just can't like that they, you should never be allowing a wide open layup in the NBA unless like something and this is a serious breakdown. Um, and the Wizards have a lot of serious breakdowns. And I think eventually you got to start looking at coaching. Uh, I want to pull up the Wizards' stats um, for the past bunch of years uh, super quick just to see where they're at in terms of defense for the past few years. Um, so this year, right now, their defense is 28th in the league. At Their defensive rating is 117.1, which I think if they continue that for the whole season, then that would be the worst defense ever. Um, which obviously is not a good place. It's not where you want to be. Last season, they were last in the league in defense at 115.9. And I think that was actually the worst defense ever. The season before that, they were 26 in defense at 113.9. Um, yeah, then the season before that, they had some actual competent defenders. Um, honestly, I think that, like, like, defense at the end of the day is where the coach can have more influence on the team than, like, offense. Uh, just because so much of defense is about, like, a team coming together, a team being able to communicate and then just scheme um, and like rotations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, like, I don't know if like Scott Brooks just isn't teaching rotations or anything like teaching like guys when to help, when not to help, or just like the scheme of just like doing so much switching. Um, and then like the drop coverage doesn't work with the guards that we have. I don't know <laughs> what other coverage could possibly work with the guards we have, but like also it's like some of like the low hanging fruit is just the rotation. Um, so if you wanted to rank the Wizards' best defensive players who aren't centers, um, if I had to do it right now, just off the top of my head, I would say, let me just pull up the roster super quick. So the guys who are up there in terms of defense who are not centers, because centers are obviously like, they're harder to rank centers versus guards and wings because centers are just like near the basket all the time. Like Robin Lopez is probably the best defensive player on this team. So I'm, I'm just going to take him out of the mix, but like he was, he's, he's who I would have number one. And after that, it's probably Isak Bonga, um, Trey Brown Jr., Garrison Matthews, and like I don't even know Jerome Robinson. Maybe Rui Hachimura at that point. Maybe um, not. Then Denny would be like the next tier down after all those guys. So out of all those guys that I named, like 
Garrison Matthews, like you can make a very real case that Garrison Matthews, Isak Bonga, and Troy Brown Jr. are the Wizards' three best perimeter defenders on this team. And they're out of the rotation right now. Like that's just that's straight up like low-hanging fruit. That's such an easy fix that Scott Brooks can make and he's not doing it. It doesn't make sense. Like you gotta do something about you literally having like the worst defense ever right now. Um and part of it's just lineup. Like why why is why are some guys getting so many why is Rui Hachimura getting so many minutes? Why is Denny Avia getting so many minutes? Like these guys aren't really helping your team that much. And then off the bench, you're not playing any wings off the bench. Like you think that Bertans is gonna guard the other team's best wings? So you think that Ish Smith is gonna guard the other team's best guards? What's the theory behind all this? Like it if the Wizards like the thing about like when I value coaching is like I kind of think about like like what are they thinking? And I don't really know what Scott Brooks is thinking all the time. Um, and that's like, that's frustrating to me. I want to pull up. So the Wizards play a lot of, or this game, they played a good amount of Bertans and Rui lineups. I kind of just want to pull up the numbers on those lineups super quick. But I don't know. You, I feel like, like, the, like obviously like Brooks is working, like he's been dealt a tough hand. Like the roster construction on this team is like pretty weak, honestly. Um, but there's like, there's adjustments that are, he could possibly make. Um, so just to look at lineups with um, Uri Hachimura and Davis Bertans on the floor together, the defensive rating in those lineups is 126, which is in the first percentile, which would be the worst defense in the history of the league by over 10 points per 100 possessions. So why are these guys playing together? Like, you know what doesn't work. You have the numbers on this. I want to see the numbers from last season, actually, because um, that's a bigger sample. So... Oh, I, also, these are all from Cleaning the Glass. So last season, with a much larger sample, a sample of over 1,000 possessions, they were also in the first percentile. And these lineups with um, Bertans and Rui Hachimura in together, they were in the first percentile in terms of defense at 123.9 defensive rating. So why are these guys playing together? Um, I want to pull up uh, numbers from Troy Brown and... Um, What's his face? Uh, Isak Bonga together, actually, because I'm I'm getting pretty interested in this. Um, so Troy Brown and Isak Bonga lineups from last season in terms of defensive rating, uh, if cleaning the gas overload, those lineups were, oh, this is looking really good. They're 109.8 in terms of defensive rating. And if you forgot um, what I said one second ago, the lineups with Rui Hachimura and um, Davis Bertans together were about at 124. So... The difference is, what, about 14 points per 100 possessions, which is massive. And this is over a 753 possession sample, which, like, isn't perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, so that's in the 61st percentile in terms of defense, which if the Wizards were in the 61st percentile in terms of defense, that would be a giant, ginormous upgrade. Um, just to pull up the stats from uh, this season to see where they would rank in the league, if that's what they were. So 109.8, I got to remember that number for the next five seconds. Um, so a 109.8 defensive rating will put the Wizards ranked right at the exact same as the Memphis Grizzlies, who are ranked seventh in defense. So the Wizards, well, I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to make any like grandiose statement or anything, but those those two guys together have a 109.8 defensive rating. I want to see if they are this season. Um, but again, like working with a sample size, you kind of want to. It's easier to work with last season, especially when um, you know this season's been kind of crazy. They play a lot of garbage time, you know, yada yada yada. Um, this season, they only played 22 possessions together. Hey, their defense rating those 22 possessions was 104.8, but their offensive rating was 59. <laughs> okay, but so the point is that, like, the defense sucks right now. The defense is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just awful. 
there's no way the Charlotte Hornets should have 102 points after the third quarter. And the Hornets coming into this game are 21st in offense. They're 21st in offense, and they scored 102 points without Devontae Graham. How is that possible? Um, and at the end of the day, I think like the Wizards, I don't want to say they need a coaching change, but come on. Like, like it's it just doesn't make sense uh, what some of the things that Scott Brooks is doing out there. Um, also, Isak Bonga, when he's on the floor this season, his defense, the Wizards have a defensive rating of 104.3, which is in the 93rd percentile. Um, last season with a larger sample. So this season, that that's based on a sample of 404 possessions, which isn't perfect. Um, I want to see last season with a much larger sample, 2,453 possessions um, and defense rating of 105, 109.5, which would again be seventh in the league in terms of defensive rating. Like play Bonga, play Troy Brown, play Garrison Matthews, play your best def- defensive players, and then your defense is going to get better. It's not that hard. Like I can sit here and think about this. I just sit here, you know, watch Wizards games, do a podcast. Like you're the coach of the team and you can't think of this stuff. It's just such low-hanging fruit. Um, and this makes sense. Just to pull some Garrison Matthews numbers. Um, oh, the defense when he's on the floor is not good. Okay, that's lower than I expected. It's at a 9th percentile, 118.6. Um, I want to see what he was last year. Like the first, Garrison Matthews' um, on-off numbers were insane. Uh, last So last year, the defense when he was on the floor was 108.9 over a much larger sample. So, you know, kind of noisy numbers. Well, I guess that's kind of something that you do want a bigger sample of just to see, like, what it really is. But Garrison Matthews, I think, is a way better defensive player than, like, Ish Smith or Davis Bertans, obviously. Um, so just lineups, it's such low-hanging fruit. Um, and then just scheme-wise, I think that so... Actually, I'll talk about offensive scheme first. Um, the Wizards, like, player movement sucks. It's terrible. Um, you got to have, if you don't have guys that can shoot, you at least have to have a lot of cutting or a lot of off-ball screens or like back screens and down screens and, yeah, I don't know, floppy pin down. Like, just run a bunch of like stuff <laughs> where the defense has to think. The Wizards run like barely, like their players don't move. I don't understand what the offense is. Um, they have like no sort of like motion sets that they go to. They have no sort of, like if you if you watch other teams play offense, they have a lot more ball movement and player movement and the Wizards just frankly don't. Um, and I don't understand why I think so part of the issue obviously is that like the Wizards just have no players that are good at offense like let's let's just be real besides Bradley Beal who's good at like who's really really good at just handling the ball and creating a shot like no one like no like there's no not really any like good decision makers on this team besides Bradley Beal and that really really hurts an offense that is like watching this team kind of highlights the importance of um, ball handling and offensive creation because the Wizards really, really lack that. But at the end of the day, you do have to try to run some things to get some guys some easier looks or put them in better situations where they can make a decision. Um, and the, the Wizards just don't do that. They don't run enough stuff. Like, <laughs> Scott Brooks doesn't have a deep enough, or he doesn't have enough up his sleeve, I guess, to run some interesting things to get his guys some good looks. Like, there are definitely less talented teams that are way better at offense than the Washington Wizards. Um, and I want to pull it up right now. Like, honestly, I'm going into this. I didn't really know what I was going to talk about, so I'm kind of glad that I thought about doing going through some offensive rating stuff. Um, I hope it's interesting. It's interesting to me. So, so the Wizards right now are 21st in offense or 20th in offense. Like you tell me that the Wizards don't have more talented players than like the Chicago Bulls in terms of offense, like Zach Levine and Larry Markinen and I don't know Thaddeus Young, like Colby White. Like the Wizards, should they really be that much worse than that team? Like. The Sacramento really have that much more offensive talent than the Wizards, um, and they're top ten in offense. And their coach isn't that good. I, I don't understand. 
Um, it was just honestly like at this point, like I understand why it's so hard to just get rid of a coach, um, especially someone like Leonsis. I think or, so. Leonsis, like during a pandemic, just to throw away seven million dollars because that's how much Scott Brooks is, is owed. Um, I can understand why he doesn't really want to fire Scott Brooks, but I think at a certain so I'm not, I wouldn't blame someone for not finding the coach because I, if I was Ted Leonsis, I wouldn't want to just give up seven million dollars for nothing. So like it's tough, but yeah, I, I don't know Scott Brooks. Like in a perfect world, if Ted Leonsis had like a billion dollars, he has obviously billion, like if he had like a trillion dollars, I think Scott Brooks would be gone. I think at this point it's more of like a money thing, just in terms of saving, than it is about um, Scott Brooks' coaching prowess, <laughs> like. No offense to Scott Brooks, but he's not good enough to coach his team. Also, like the the roster construction is really bad. It just makes sense, as I've said a thousand times on this podcast. Um, yeah, I don't. I just want to go through my notes for a second, and then I'll let you guys go. I do something that I did write down in my notes that was pretty interesting um, from a Fred Katz article. He's like the Wizards uh, beat writer at the Athletic. Uh, he writes a ton of good stuff. Um, according to him. Uh, Bertans is missing 82.7% of his three short compared to 507 last year, which is like a ridiculous difference. Like that's insane. Obviously, like you can see it with the eye test, but just to see those numbers is that's like really, really wide opening. Um, it obviously a great article by him. Great job to like go through and watch a bunch of his shots. Um, yeah, I just want to see if I had anything else. I like usually I take a bunch of notes. Um, in this game, I only, I barely took any in the second half just because it was like a blowout. That's kind of what happened last game. Um, Let's see. Uh, oh, I wrote a couple of Lamella notes. Um, well, the Wizards are, were able to go under screens. He made a couple threes, but he's definitely going to have to get more consistent of a shooter because uh, it, it is hard for anyone to create when they go under when teams go under screens unless you're like LeBron James and you're just like that athletic and strong and you can like it gives you a runway. Um, so Lamelo off the dribble, he needs to get better as a shooter, but he's still a rookie. Like he'll improve. I think he's probably a little underrated or overrated right now just because he does some fancy things on the court. Like, he made some really, really bad plays tonight. Um, but, like, again, like, I don't think he's way better than I thought he would be. He's great for a rookie because uh, rookies are usually really bad. Um, well, something else I wrote in terms of, like, X's and O's, what the Hornets do, I think that James Borrego is a really good coach. Um, but I don't think people, like, I don't think half the people who follow basketball even know who James Borrego is. Um, but I think he's a great coach. Um, he he does so, something I like when coaches do is when they go like two three after a timeout or like on a sideline out of bounds or baseline out of bounds play. And Brego does that a lot, and I think that's really interesting. I think at one point the, they were in like a one three one zone look or something. Um, but he mostly goes two three, and those looks I think I think that's pretty smart. Um, and something I also want to talk about, um, like the on the broadcast, I say a lot. Of, it's like uh, effort, 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 like. The Wizards have been giving effort, and they just haven't been winning like all season. There's a reason that they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league this year and last year and the year before that. It's not because they don't get give consistent effort throughout the season. It's because their scheme sucks, and they just need better personnel, and their coaching needs to be better. It's not an effort thing. That's a, I think that's like one of the lazier arguments you can make when a team is underperforming, just saying effort. Um, it's, it's way more than that for the Wizards. Um, that's all I have to say. The next game is against the Chicago Bulls tomorrow at... 7 o'clock Eastern time, I think. It's either 7 or 8. Um, so I'll get a podcast out that night or the day after. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, 
and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.